Hello and welcome into Her Versus World on the GMI Podcast Network. I'm Morgan Walker and today I have a very special guest. We're going to be diving into mental illness and in, in particular anxiety because that's something I deal with personally, something she's dealt with personally, and she has a professional background in counseling. So first of all, let me have her introduce herself. <laughs> yes. Hi, everyone. So my name is Janine Hubbard. Um, I am getting my master's in marriage and family therapy, um, but I learn about all different types of situations that clients go through, you know, such as anxiety, depression, um, of course, like marital conflicts, you know, just everything. So I'm, you know, pretty well versed on the topic and I'm actually um, doing my internship now. So I'm meeting a lot of people um, and um, dealing with a lot of clients and also, like Morgan said, I have a personal um, feeling or background when it comes to anxiety and everything. So I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that um, she allowed me on her show. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have you too. And you got to shout out your podcast. Not only do you go do all that, you're a podcaster too. So go ahead and shout that out first and foremost. Okay. Well, since Morgan insists, okay. I have a podcast called Real Talk with Nini. Um, it is on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere basically where you listen to podcasts. I am currently working on season two. God willing, it'll be out by next month. It's just been a lot going on. So, but um, season one is available and it's ready for you to listen on any major platform for podcasts. That's exciting. I'm excited for your season two. And trust me, don't don't be down on yourself for taking a while to get it out because I understand I and as my listeners know, I can be slacking with my episodes sometimes too. And I'm not even in school anymore, so I don't even have an excuse. School is a lot to deal with, especially doing so many other things on top of it. And speaking of anxiety, going straight into the topic, that's actually how mine started. I was a, always a very easygoing person. Not that I'm not easygoing now that I've been diagnosed with anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder, but I was always, you know, just really chill, go with the flow, have a good time, have fun. But having so much on my plate and all for so many years, because I was going to school for so many years, working um, so many hours, my doctor said that's actually what triggered me to start having panic attacks, which I didn't know were panic attacks at the time. Pretty much, I went to the doctor last December because I had been having what I thought was heart problems for months and months and months by that point. So basically, I would have just randomly like heart palpitations or my heart would be beating so fast, you could literally see my shirt moving with my heart. That's how hard it would pound in my chest. I would feel out of breath when that was going on. I would feel overheated, like I was having a hot flash and couldn't cool down. Basically feeling really lightheaded. I would always have to get up and walk around and try to distract myself when I would feel like that. And I, it would freak me out even more because I thought I was having, like something was medically wrong with me. Like something was wrong with my heart. I was getting ready to have a heart attack, something like that. And I didn't realize it was the anxiety. I went to the doctor and had an EKG done because, you know, I thought it was something wrong with my heart. Because when those episodes were going on, I didn't feel panicked. And I had heard about people having panic attacks before. 
And I just assume, you know, that's a time where you feel upset or panicky about something going on. And I never felt panic during my episodes of that. So when they did the EKG, everything was perfectly normal. Everything was fine. And then my doctor started asking me other questions and finally got down to it that what I was experiencing wasn't heart problems, wasn't any medical issue. It was panic attacks from anxiety, which blew my mind because, you know, I just didn't feel like that was something I had going on. I got on medication and I feel so much better now. I rarely ever have panic attacks now. So yeah, it was just a crazy experience and I just didn't realize that the symptoms could involve not feeling anxious always or not feeling panicked in those situations. You can literally have anxiety and think it's something completely different. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode with you to draw attention to that. Absolutely. And and one thing you said, Morgan, about like basically saying how anxiety of course can happen like in many different ways. So you don't have to be panicked. You know, like you said, you don't have to be like, you know, just looking around all paranoid. Like, I mean, anxiety can take many forms. And I think that's why like a lot of people are not as familiar or they think it's nothing when, I mean, like, it could be anxiety. Like for me, for instance, um, I know when I was younger, um, I'm trying to think of what age I was, but I noticed like, when like the phone rang or like if somebody was calling me my heart would like start beating really fast like and it and it was just so weird like I'm like why I mean like it's my phone it's ringing like I don't understand that um but when the phone would ring and stuff I would like I mean my heart would start beating real fast and like I would feel it and then you know I start like shaking a little bit, like, you know, my hands start getting all shaky and I'm like, oh my God, Janine, like it's, it's, it's the house phone, you know, like back then I was like, it's a house phone. Like, right. <laughs> so, then, so then, you know, of course I would answer it and I would be nervous to like say hello. Like that was really like a really big issue for me. Like something as simple as answering the phone was hard for me to do back then. And I would always be nervous like for example I would just wait until the phone stopped ringing and then and then call the person back and and just like oh I'm sorry I missed your call you know stuff like that like just to get through all those feelings and I looked it up you know as I got older because I kind of still battle with it but it's not as bad as it was when I was like younger like I really avoided the phone and it was so crazy because I'm such a carefree person you know social and all of that so I was like you know I was never the type to not want to talk to somebody. So, you know, with the whole phone thing, it just kind of like, you know, made me feel less than of a person. It just didn't make me feel like that I was, you know, like really this social person that everybody thinks I am or that I'm making myself out to be. So I looked it up. And of course, there's such thing as, you know, phone anxiety or or like phone phobia or something like, you know, when the phone rings, people like I mean, like their heart starts beating, all the other stuff. All the things that I was feeling, I felt that. Um, and so I looked it up and I mean, like, it's like pretty normal. It's like very common. It's not something that's weird or anything like that. Um, and anxiety itself is not a weird thing. It is much more common, just like depression. Like depression is actually more common as well. 
than what people realize. And 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 uh, that's a whole other story for another day. But that also comes in many different forms. Um, but going back to anxiety, um, I knew that it was a common thing. And um, of course, I looked up some strategies on how to combat that. And you know how to like just take my time when I answer the phone. Like the person doesn't even know that you're nervous. You know that type of thing. So um, yeah, that's that's my still on anxiety as far as me like growing up in uh dealing with phone phobia and a whole bunch of stuff like that (laughs) so I feel like I feel like what you experience is pretty common though because I know I used to feel that way especially when I first became a young adult and I moved out of my parents house and I would feel nervous like calling and setting up appointments even though it wasn't even a big deal I'm like why am I nervous I've been going to the same dentist office for my whole life why am I nervous to call and set up an appointment I would just want to call my mom and be like mommy can you set up this appointment for me please I've heard other people say that as well so I think that's pretty common as human beings we go through so many different experiences even if you have a good happy life you know there there could still be a traumatic experience that you go through there could be a death that you go through that is hard for you to recover from it's just a lot more common than people think and I think a lot of times Um, especially based on my experience, I feel like, like you said, we feel like we're these happy-go-lucky people and we don't have these, you know, we don't have anxiety, we don't have depression, things like that. But then you start thinking other things that are going on where you're having these symptoms are a medical issue. And it's really, you know, the mental illness. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with everything you said. And, and then also like how you said, about how people can have like you know like a good life they can like just be completely you know going through um school you know middle school high school and then they get to college that's when it peaks or like that's when it starts showing its face because it's like okay in college it's a lot more demanding in college you're kind of on your own so you don't have like a set schedule from mom and dad it's like you got to make your own schedule and then you may be working and then there may be just like a whole bunch of other things going on to where like that anxiety or that depression can show its face in a situation like that. I totally get it. So with you being in family and relationship counseling, have you seen, I know you're still in school and starting out, but have you seen how mental illness can affect, you know, relationships? Can you give us some insight on that? Yes, definitely. Like, I can give you insight, you know, like personally and from what I've seen. Um, so from what I've seen with clients, um, I'm working with this couple now and, and the female partner, she gets really anxious when her partner, like, you know, he doesn't like respond to her texts or he doesn't answer or like, you know, something like that, just something. So like, if she doesn't hear a response out of him, like she will go ballistic, like, she'll like, I mean, start getting hot and she'll be like, oh my gosh, why is he not responding to me? And I mean, she's even told me that like, she's like, you know, driven to his house. Um, She's like done like a lot of things, you know, to make sure that he's, you know, okay. Um, So I know that um, with relationships, it can take a toll because if like there's one partner that is very anxious all the time, it's like they need that constant reassurance that like, you're fine, you're okay, because if they think you're not okay, then it's like they're going to get all 
all like scared and worried and stressed out um, until they hear from you. So I know it can take a toll. Um, and then with the partner that is not like dealing with the anxious feelings and thoughts, they just, again, have to be reassuring and they just have to uh, be accepting of their partner, especially if they want to be with that partner for the rest of their life. They like definitely have to be accepting of it and understanding because it like happens and like they just need that you know, constant reassurance sometimes and things of that nature. Um, so I would say support in a relationship for someone that is always anxious is very, very important to have, definitely. Um, and then for me personally, um, I feel like my anxiety in my relationship um, has come recently just because I'm about to get married. And so um, I plan to get married in 2022. Um, but even then, I feel like... Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> even then, I just feel like, oh, my gosh, like, what is 2022 really going to be like? You know, with COVID and everything, it's just so uncertain. Everything is so uncertain. And I just feel like, I don't even know if I even want to do this anymore. You know, like, just just those type of feelings. It's just kind of like I'm just having a lot of feelings about getting married and everything. But... um you still have time, though. I mean, 2022, that's basically a year and a half away. Hopefully, I, I hope COVID is done by then, because good Lord. Me too, girl. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm speaking it into existence for you. The wedding's going to be beautiful. It's going to come out perfect. But I definitely relate. I, I felt like you were calling me out when you were talking about your client, because, <laughs> and I hope my husband doesn't listen to this episode, because he's going to be like, dang, do you be going to her for therapy? Like, because I'm not like that anymore. But um, when me and my husband were dating in the beginning, I definitely was that I would definitely was that person where I was like, if he didn't text me back or call me back within a certain amount of time, I would start being like, oh, my God, he's he's done with me. <laughs> he lost interest. Even if we had just been and me and him, like since the day we first started dating, literally our first date. We were like stuck like glue from that point on. We were with each other almost every single day ever since then. And even though it was like that, if he still didn't text me back and I would know he was at work and everything and I'll be like, <laughs> he just took two hours to text me back and he sent me two words. He lost interest in me. <laughs> but looking back now, I'm like, wow, I can't believe you felt that way. But that's a serious fear for people. And I know that a lot of people that have, you know, maybe abandonment issues or things like that may experience those feelings because they're just so afraid of that person leaving them. Like maybe they've been left before. So it's definitely understandable to feel that way. I'm glad that I'm not that type of anxious anymore, but I definitely relate. Yeah. So like, how did you combat those feelings? Honestly, it just took time. I didn't show it to him that much. I did show it time to time because like how you said she would go ballistic. Sometimes I would go ballistic too. But majority of the time, and I think that was because I was trying so hard to hold it in and not show him that I was feeling that way. So when I finally just opened up and was like, look, I like you a lot. I see a future with you. And that's what makes me nervous, you know. I don't want to lose this relationship. So sometimes I just need that extra reassurance. And from then on out, you know, he gave that to me. And I just grew to 
trust that and knew that, you know, he wasn't going anywhere. I'm so glad. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. It took time. It definitely took time. <laughs> I am sure. But, I, but yeah, shout out to your husband for like being that support system, for him being reassuring. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. Let him know that. I will. I will. <laughs> well, do you have any tips that you could give from your professional experience that could help people, whether they're dealing with anxiety or some other type of mental illness, kind of like coping mechanisms or things you would recommend to do to kind of get over, not get over it, because I know it's not something easily to just get over, but you know, help them deal with those feelings. Yeah, um, a few tips that I would say, I would say the primary thing is to seek counseling for it to manage as well. I'm not you know, like someone that's going to promote like medication, but if it is needed, you know, because some people may be on the like, on like the worst part of anxiety and depression than others. I feel like if you're on the mild spectrum of it, then um, of course, like counseling could manage that, of course. Um, but, but if you do need medication, I, I, I don't necessarily promote it, but if you need it, then I would say uh, medication. So I would say that in counseling for sure. Um, and I would always have like, you know, just someone to support you through it, especially when you have those anxious episodes, depressive episodes, you need someone that you could easily call on. Um, so like mom, dad, a significant other, um, a sibling, like, like just someone you know that understands your issue, that will support it and be there for you through um, that period. And I would also say, don't beat yourself up about having a mental illness. Like anxiety anxiety is one of those that are very, very common. And so, I mean, anxiety is nothing to be ashamed of. Anxiety is nothing to hide from the world. Um, there are many celebrities that are dealing with anxiety that have been open about their anxiety. So um, I would just say, don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just quote unquote, be perfect. Um, and, and just know that it is okay. And the anxiety does not define who you are as a person. Yes, those are great tips. And I really like that you said, you know, counseling is like the number one thing over medication, because I've been to counseling on two different occasions, not just twice, but you know, two different time frames in my life. And they those times definitely helped me a lot and I'm not even ashamed to say it. I feel like there's a stigma with that too going you feel like you're getting like professional help you need Dr. Phil but um no it's not like that at all it's just like going to the doctor if you have a fever you feel like you've got the flu or you feel like you've got COVID-19 you go to the doctor so when you feel like you're not right mentally and it's affecting you, you can't go to work and things like that, or even if you can still go to work and you're suffering through it, you should go get better. Exactly. Because some people are functioning, you know, depressive people are functioning anxious people. And it's like, I mean, like, that's okay. But I mean, like, what are you doing whenever you go home? Like some people, they can compartmentalize really well. You know, they can go to work, not even worry about it. And then, you know, when they get home, they're just like a mess, like, a puddle so it's like those I mean those people are the ones we have to watch out for the most as well because some people you know can easily just not even show it until they get home or like you know whenever they're by themselves and things of that nature so 
I am all for people going to counseling and getting the help that they need. Exactly. Well, Janine, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you about your expertise, and I wish you well with finishing your degree, your wedding in 2022. Go ahead and shout. Do you want to shout out any of your social media? Um. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I am on Instagram. It is Miss Nini Baby. That is two Y's and an underscore at the end. Um, and my Twitter is still Miss Nini Baby, but it's without the underscore. And my podcast is a uh, Real Talk with Nini podcast. Yes, go ahead and subscribe and everything. Follow all that. So y'all look in the description. If you didn't get that, you can just click on it, copy and paste, whatever you want to do, because it will be in the description. And thank you, Janine. And thank you to everybody who listened. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Her Versus World. And I will talk to y'all next time.